are listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Well, thank you for joining us in a time of celebrating God's love, mercy, and faithfulness over more than seven decades. We invite you to consider how our story will help you build your story. A scripture that has maintained us since our teens, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. God's surprises over our lifetime have led us to confidence that God is good and to great thanksgiving. We know we have felt God's goodness. We both grew up in Christian homes. Church and scripture were always important. My family moved from New Jersey to Eastern Pennsylvania when I first met Lorraine in our new church when I was 12. We shared interest in our youth programs. When my father died suddenly as I turned 15, my mother and I moved to live with friends in Northern Pennsylvania. I returned to Doylestown and noticed Marine. My college life at Penn State was a key growth time. I profited from the encouragement of university and a Bible study as I worked in a party frat and lived in a variety of situations. Daily scripture and short prayer became a basic. We were four sisters. Plus, my parents took in one of my best friends from seventh grade on as, as they fostered her. Charlie and I both grew up with stay-at-home moms. Church gave me good grounding in God's word and was mission-focused. Pioneer girls, summer camps, youth group, missionaries in my home, all shaped who I am to this day. Scripture memory was big, and I learned the habit of daily quiet time at Pioneer Girls Summer Camp. Week in college turned us both down, but God had good plans for each of us. I went to Hogan College, a wonderful Christian school in Western New York. It was hard for me academically, and I always had a job on the side. Stimuli to my Christian growth included the challenges of a different denominational emphasis at the school where I was from what I had grown up with. The beliefs and practices which led to some scripture digging uh, and one-on-one -on -one prayer with friends. Also weekly mission prayer groups and each year I changed, they were, the prayer groups were focused on a particular country or area of the world and so each year I went to a different one. Right after college, we both went directly to medical school. For me, it was in northern Philadelphia, an hour train ride from home, which allowed me to go home some Sundays for church, sometimes seeing Charlie there. Unfortunately, often with another girl. <laughs> but I also found a good local church. A few of us Christian students at the medical school met for weekly Bible study and prayer times. And 
Christian Medical Society provided citywide quarterly fellowships for all of the five medical schools in Philadelphia. And they were hosted by practicing physicians who shared their work-life testimonies. And frequently I'd see Charlie there. Though seemingly unprepared, I had no coaching and hardly knew about medical school admissions process. God opened the door for me to go to Jefferson Medical College. I quickly found other Christian students. We encouraged each other academically and spiritually. It was a place of blessing and preparation. My roommate and a missionary kid at one point said, stop looking. You love Lorraine. Why don't you just ask her to marry you? <laughs> <laughs> Both Lorraine and I were committed to medical missions. We attended a Christian Medical Society medical missions conference together at Wheaton before we were committed to each other. A.W. Tozer spoke on the man God uses. Suddenly, at the end of third year of medical school, Charlie was back in my life. And we were married our senior year in medical school. Marriage was great. We lived in subsidized housing next to Lorraine's school and just a train ride from my school. The big surprise was Lorraine's nausea that fall. <laughs> Could we trust God for this? Yes, Lois arrived just before final exams. <laughs> Um, so, for those of you who don't know, internship follows directly on medical school. Lois was about six weeks old. Internship held multiple surprises. Housing, a three-bedroom house fully furnished, six blocks from the hospital was provided. Childcare, Charlie's mother, a widow who is beyond happy to come live with us and care for Lois. Christian nurture. Our former pastor from our home church was pastoring a church in Corning, New York, close enough for a Sunday drive on the two out of three weekends when we were off from uh, on call. So what were we training for? Our programs were for general training, that is, rotating through all the medical specialties. Early winter, we received a flyer that Peace Corps was starting a pilot program for physicians with dependents. Pause. Might this allow us to work with full support in one of the countries we are praying for, namely North Africa and Pakistan? We explored, were interviewed, and it seemed good to proceed. Some good friends, however, expressed that we could not be following Christ and make this type of a secular decision. Further, we didn't get what we asked for. We were being assigned to Afghanistan. We knew of no missionary activity there. Another pause. What is God's will? One afternoon, I happened to visit a hospital patient who unfolded a wonderful story of Christians praying for Afghanistan for 20 years. Some would swim across the Kabul River, touch the zone, the country for Christ. We were going to a new medical school in Jalalabad where the U.S. ambassador had 
blocked a request by the embassy doctor couple from going to Jalalabad because they were Christians and he wanted no Christian influence there. Peace Corps training. Dorm in Chapel Hill with 17 families slated to go to seven countries. Iran, Malawi, India, Tunis, Turkey, Ethiopia. Our hotel room had a kitchenette, and we did pretty well with language classes at Duke in the morning and related medical classes in the afternoons at UNC, although Lorraine was pregnant again. We found a church and realized we needed to continue daily infusions of scripture and prayer. Language was tough. Our evaluation by the psychiatrist led to the discussions of motivation and faith. We were candid that we would not proselytize, but we would openly answer questions if asked. Then the surprise questions. What if no one was interested in our faith? What if we were converted to Islam? What if one of our babies got very sick? We knew that we were under God's protection and were able to answer that. We did not fear even death itself. Lorraine's body refused to release Ruth until well beyond her due date and right up to the deadline beyond which they wouldn't allow us to proceed with our group of three families to Afghanistan. She did arrive in time. Again, we headed directly to Afghanistan from our training. Charlie and I had a prayer card to leave with our Christian friends, knowing we needed prayer as much as any missionaries. It had our picture of our family of four, a two-year-old and a six-week-old, a map who knew where Afghanistan was, and Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. We had a quick stop in Kabul to purchase household goods and off to Jalalabad. As Peace Corps volunteers, we were each able to take one drunk of personal things into the country. Surprise, housing was not ready in Jalalabad. Um, but an American family of four shared their home with us for the next month or six weeks. Four of us and our four trunks in one bedroom. But that was far better than the hotel where others of our group stayed. Surprise! In Jalalabad, local women were not allowed to work in the home of farmers. And Peace Corps did not know that fact because it wasn't true in the capital city of Kabul. So they hadn't prepared us for that. Quote I had to stay at home with our girls. Can you see the smile on my face? God's surprising provision. I want to point out here the truth that it's out of God's goodness to us that our heart's desire is to live under his lordship. Here's a verse God has used over and over to challenge my commitment to him. Romans 12, 1 and 2. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies to God as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. 
This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. In view of God's mercy, not rules or obligations, or a way of earning God's favor as experienced by the people we are living among. But all God has done for me, my heart wants to offer myself as a living sacrifice. As a spiritual act of worship, this phrase really came home to me in new ways through the pandemic when we weren't meeting together as a church fellowship, but we're worshiping alone at home. In all these experiences, we were convinced of our calling. We were continuing on the journey God had prepared for us. And he was our provider, protector, and master. The new medical school and hospital was, in, was unlike any of our prior experiences. We'll save that discussion for another time. <laughs> we worship on Friday as family. Personal, devotional, and prayer time was our life support. We were so grateful for our prior discipleship training. Several times we made the four-hour trip to Kabul on a Friday to stay over Sunday to go to the international church there, the only one in the country of Afghanistan, and it was a small group meeting in the home of the pastor. I'll interject here that I was aware the two years we lived in Afghanistan of God's meeting us in a unique way that I had not experienced before nor since. Um, it, it, you know, as Christians, we have those experiences you can't explain, but you know deep in your heart that God is there and providing. They were times of real growth. During those years, we made a couple trips to um, Pakistan. Charlie covered Bach Hospital for a week so that Phyllis Irwin could be free to go to her kids where they were in boarding school. All the other parents would come from around the country of Pakistan during the summertime to be with their children, but Phyllis, because of the hospital for them, couldn't ordinarily do that. We stayed with friends of the Tebbies on another visit and met Jim's Tebbies' parents there. Um, Jim was off to school. I don't remember if it was at boarding or if he was already back here, but we, we then later met him here in the country, in the U.S. We also explored long-term uh, missions work in South Pakistan um, with another um, mission group, uh, but did not feel at peace with that. Once, when Lorraine was quite sick, I say very sick, an Afghan army man, one of only three known Afghan believers at the time, came to our house. Neither could understand the other's language, but he prayed powerfully, and Lorraine recovered. As we neared the end of our Peace Corps term, we considered what was next. Two new Peace Corps families came in our second year, 
One of those doctors became and has continued to be my professional mentor and friend. My mentor suggested Indianapolis. Our first applications for residency were lost in the mail, but a visiting U.S. doctor took new ones back. Then IU offered Maureen a residency in pediatrics, but they required that she redo that first year of internship, which is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we learned of the Methodist pediatric program. She became a pediatric resident at Methodist, and that proved ideal in multiple ways. Indianapolis, are you all unloaded at the Methodist staff uh, three-bedroom apartment? My mother provided childcare while Lorraine did her pediatric training and took our girls to a local church and Sunday school while Lorraine and I were doing Sunday morning hospital rounds. This continued for uh, about a year. Uh, we continued uh, learning about an outstanding missions church and the mission conferences at Faith Church, and subsequently moved to Faith Church, which started our 45-year life together at Faith Church. Internal medicine at IU for me has been a place of surprising opportunities and immense satisfaction. The 70s were a time of racial unrest. My medicine department started an outreach program and clinic in an impoverished area of Northwest Indianapolis. The program failed and I was out of it. It was painful. My career, mostly at Wishard, has been a place of joy and challenge. Wonderful patients who had a zest for life, but had no money. Some were very difficult patients. They're wonderful students and resident physicians. Good lessons. Early in our stay we, uh, in Indianapolis, we became involved with Christian medical students, which led to our hosting third and fourth year students every other week for supper and Bible study. Later, we saw resident physicians struggling to have time to meet God and growing cool in their faith. Started a bi-weekly Bible study, which there are scoreless now. At the end of residency, internal medicine has a national accrediting exam. I worked really hard to prepare. The written was fine, but I failed the oral exam in Minneapolis. I couldn't believe it. I had done everything I know God asked of me. Yes, God is sovereign. I finally trusted that. The successful retake in Seattle was punctuated by our getting caught in a flood in Keystone, Colorado. Sharing that exam experience has encouraged many as they have struggled at times with academic discouragement. So what happened to medical missions? At the end of residency, IU offered Charlie a faculty position and since nothing in missions had opened up, we agreed it must be God's leading. But we kept looking. Uh, we subsequently went to two Urbanas and explored mission groups there. 
We also did several vision trips. Yep, some of those vision trips included trip to Libya and Cuba, but they weren't exactly for missions. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1978, a friend asked me to help teach a continuing education program for missionary physicians and dentists in Liberia. The Van Rikens were missionaries there and hosted the group. These meetings then continued annually, alternating between Kenya and Malaysia. My department supported my leadership in that for 20 years. That is, they gave me time, but not money. <laughs> Those missionary contacts became the host for many IU students over the last 30 years. Now, some from IU are career missionaries, hosting IU and other students. Uh, this experience also serves as the basis for the current IU Kenya Medical School affiliation. That's very strong and ongoing. I knew that I was not as intellectually strong as some of my colleagues. That bothered me at first. The solution has been that God equips us as he chooses for the work he gives us. It's wonderful to know that I did not need to determine my destiny. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Um, we've not updated you on our family. Um, you did hear a bit of it in your introduction. We have two daughters. Um, they live two or three miles apart in uh, eastern Virginia, just outside of D.C. Two sons-in-law, five grandkids, ages 31 down to 20. Two, not those kids, but, oh yeah, two of the grandkids with spouses, and two have uh, two great-grandsons. What are some of the current lessons that God's teaching us? God is faithful. I am still a sinner, loved by God and growing by his grace. And the importance of prayer. I'd also like to repeat Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, and this is from the ESV, which isn't very different from the NIV, which I read earlier. By the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Recent surprises? In the midst of COVID, both Lorraine and I have had more medical adventures than we had in a whole lifetime. The journey has prepared us to know that our God is good. He is always present. He delights in showing his love and has very apt surprises. Yeah. <laughs> we scripted this because uh, there was just too much other stuff, but uh, <coughs> we're looking for questions or comments. How does your experience of being in Afghanistan make you feel as you 
watch the news now, what's happening there. For decades, um, we have continued a, a close relationship with an uh, Afghan uh, physician and his wife here in Indianapolis, who are very conservative Muslims. And we have, um, <clears throat> we have um, been pained over the, the collapse of Afghanistan progressively and the current uh, situation in Afghanistan is terrible. Um, it's not what the Americans have lost, but it is the, the awful suffering and devastation on the outcomes. And any who will be unwilling to uh, succumb to the Taliban will be killed. Uh, and it's, it's not that they will suffer, they'll be killed. Uh, it is uh, to be found with any Christian scripture uh, or any Christian writing is a death threat. I'm wondering if someone would just stop and pray for Afghanistan now. Would someone read? Father, we uh, want to lift up Afghanistan to you and everything that's going on there, the persecution and the, the death of the Taliban taking over. We ask that you give uh, our government wisdom and discernment on what to do and how to intervene back into that situation to stop that general Lord beyond just what's happening to Christians and others. Who just are opposed to the Taliban and disagree with uh, their way of life. So, God, we ask that you would provide relief, um, provide uh, support that they need, provide protection. Is our God sovereign? Does our God reign? Yes. <laughs> but in ways that we would not have chosen. Did you guys feel threatened at all when you were in Afghanistan? Oh, uh, Afghanistan was uh, the time while the kink was still there. Uh, and it was as safe as any place could be. Mm -hmm. uh, we were never threatened. Uh, we didn't have a car. We, uh, any place we would go, we'd either walk, take bikes. We had bicycles uh, or a, a taxi. Uh, Lorraine could go out with the kids. Uh, on her bike uh, in any place in Jalalabad. Uh, and if you go into an Afghan home during that time, you are under their protection. They would do everything to protect you. And we were warned by Peace Corps, be very careful uh, in terms of accepting their food because they will give out of their, out of their little that they have to entertain you sumptuously. It was a beautiful place to be and wonderful people to be with. It was delightful. Never felt threatened. I fell on my bike once in the market with both kids on my bike. And the men were just there to help me and survive. It'll never be the same. Yeah. 
Good. Um, yeah, I think Charlie and Rainer are very humble people, but they're um, effective. I think um, I certainly think those residents who benefit greatly from their open house, their their guidance. I can remember when my mother died, at their table. I also remember in career choices, spending time at the table. But I'm going, Lorraine needs a Bible study for women positions that's still really critical in the lives of many women in And one of our trainees is a missionary position in Kenya right now. And she was back for a few weeks this summer and she was working with us. And she said the only time she had to be off on time was the night of Bible study. That was like the most important thing for her to go to. And Charlie, um, you know, the, CME is the biggest medical. Does anybody else have anything to study? CME is a foreign missionary. He went to IU School of Medicine. He was at Tenworth in Kenya for about 27 years. He wrote this letter this month. He talks about his own journey in medicine. He says, I remember studying the letter in Kelly Kelly's office at a third medical student. He goes on to say that he was looking for a place to go. And Charles discussed at Tenworth. And he said, uh, every student who's gone there had a great experience. And like, if I could get pray about going there, just the fact that Charlie <clears throat> told this medical student, you know, pray about this, which at a second medical school is kind of a big deal to be telling them medical students are pray about this thing. But he talks about how that really changed the course of his life. He went, he became interested in medical missions. He was a missionary there. We visited there uh, quite a few years ago. But, and now he's leading our biggest organization. And uh, just the ongoing influence on so many lives that they've had is just it's really quite incredible. The beginning of this talk is in as we consider how our story will become your story. What are the things that each of you uh, are choosing to build into your lives becoming disciples? That God will use in the places of His choice for His glory. I'm just curious. So, when you went to Afghanistan, you talked about how you weren't going to um, evangelize directly, but if asked about it, you would share. Did you get many opportunities to share your faith in Afghanistan? You know, in Afghanistan, they talk very openly about faith issues. And so it, it was very easy, except my language, my language was not good. We worked on it. Peace Corps did their best to help us with language learning. After the first year we were there, Peace Corps decided we'd learned the wrong language. But in the summer between the two years, they sent us to Kabul to learn a different language. <laughs> I have a daughter, we have a daughter gifted in languages, but neither of us are. Anyway, so our primary limitation was language in a spiritual dimension. Peace Corps did not teach us spiritual vocabulary. Really? <laughs> the Afghan physicians that we were sent to work with in the medical school knew English. And the student did too. And the student. So. Yeah, and we would entertain students in our house. And uh, one of the times, one of the students said, can you see the book, uh, which was the Bible. Uh, and one of the adventures we had, the student said, can we come and host a party at your house? 
church. Well, the thing that we didn't realize that they were inviting uh, a group of dancing men <laughs> who were basically transvestites. The scene was curious. And you have to understand, Jeremy and I grew up in a church where dancing was out. <laughs> we thought we were being so difficult to allow it to happen in our place. So how does that fit with evangelism? <laughs> but you know, conversations, and particularly with faculty, we have looked for opportunities to talk about uh, why we were there and how our faith is sustained. Do you recommend that one of those physicians, but actually three of those physicians subsequently came to the U.S. and did some additional training here and then stayed here? <clears throat> And the one who's remained in Indianapolis, they remain close friends with and continue to have very open discussions. Just God, whatever. Lorraine, you had mentioned um, that you saw the Lord do things that maybe you've never seen before when you guys were in Afghanistan and you've talked about the, was it the soldier that came and prayed for you. Were there other things like that that you remember specifically happened that you're able to share? Nothing dramatic like that. I think it was more just God meeting me in my quiet time mm. and God helping us to express that together and worship together since we, we didn't know any other Christians except mm. in the capital city. As I said, I can't explain it in words, and I don't think I thought about it there. I thought about it when we came back, and I thought, I, I have greater responsibility to put myself in Christian fellowship because it is available here. It took a little bit of work for those years of residency, um, but it was just a very different ministering of God's spirit through our spirit. We had you know, a number of interesting surprises of situations, one of which was uh, when we arrived, uh, was deciding who would do what. And, uh, so I was one who was uh, uh, given the, the unsavory job of being the surgeon. <laughs> um, the risk taker. Uh, but, uh, you know, Wonderful, wonderful experiences in that. And uh, it's a, a year of, of doing surgery that I will look back on as God just provided in some most interesting ways. That, and the experiences were wonderful. And you know, for young people, consider you know, things that you will do which are out of the, the order. Ask God, you know, what sorts of things might he be preparing me for and to risk some adventures or some commitments that take you outside of the regime where you see that God is adequate, that your faith uh, not only sustains you, but uh, it invigorates you and gives you a hope and a confidence in the future. 
can you talk a little bit about um, your mountain climbing experiences and how you got into that and what that was like? Well, again, that's that's through our continuing education thing that uh, sort of came out of the box. Um, we got to meet a Christian ophthalmologist from Pakistan. An elderly man at that time. Um, and he said, I'm putting together a, a, a trip to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Would you be interested? I said, sure. And then, uh, so uh, at the end of a conference in Kenya, uh, our group of, I think there were seven uh, that went uh, to Tanzania. And uh, he had prepared uh, you know, the, all the, the details. Uh, we had uh, the, uh, the route was established and he had uh, porters uh, lined up. And the climb was five days. And uh, we had worked pretty hard to condition ourselves. Uh, it was our 25th wedding anniversary. And we were turning 50 that year. <laughs> uh, but uh, each day we would start out in the morning with uh, just a, a very light backpack uh, with uh, whatever our lunch was. And it was just you know, putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, when we got near the top, I was uh, I had nausea uh, and, I, and headache. Uh, the rain felt great. Uh, the, uh, the the top of where people usually go uh, is not quite the very top. There's another little ridge, uh, the Guru. Uh, Lorraine was quite eager to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the guy who put the, the trip together did not need to go back before the summit. But uh, the summit was interesting. You start out at I think two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and climb so that you're at the at the summit at uh, sunrise. And um, it, you know there's some snow and stuff up there. And the glacier was still there. I think the glaciers are melting, but that was great. Uh, Mount Kenya, on the other hand, was the same guy two years later who said, you know, let's do Mount Kenya. So it's the same sort of thing. But Kenya is described as a vertical block. Uh, bog in that there's a lot of water and even going uphill uh, you, you try to find tufts of grass that have soil underneath them so you don't go and sort of lose your shoes <laughs> but again it was exhilarating and, and with the, the group of Christian folks then. 